This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 872 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Horse people, Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today, Glennie Walford of Martin Collins Equine Surfaces joins the Dressage Radio Show co-hosts Reese Kofler-Stanfield and Phil Parks for a rather intense discussion of arena footing, how to put it in, how not to put it in, how to take care of it, and what's good and what's not. And we'll get right to our tip after this shopping tip from StatelineTac.com. When the weather forecast calls for wind, rain, bone-chilling temperatures, or snow, look no further than StatelineTac.com to make sure your barn time is warm, dry, and stylish. StatelineTac.com has jackets and vests that keep you warm and dry from afternoon hacks in New England to break-of-dawn schooling sessions in Wellington. They also carry a wide selection of toasty warm breeches for schooling ring or show ring. They even have waterproof breeches for those days when Mother Nature is at her worst. And StatelineTac.com knows there's nothing more satisfying than having warm, dry feet at the barn. So they have beautiful winter boots for showing, weather-busting paddock boots for on the horse or off, and lots of rubber boots for mucking about. Surf over to StatelineTac.com today and choose from your favorite brands like Ariat. Debonair, Dublin, Mountain Horse, Carrots, Tough Rider, and many, many more. StatelineTac.com What is our pleasure to welcome Glennie Walford from Martin Collins Equestrian Surfaces. She is our footing expert. Glennie, welcome to the show. Thank you very much indeed. It's good to be on the show. Well, we try to cover all aspects of dressage, and I have to be honest, we have never done a footing show or segment, so I'm really, really excited about this. Oh, good. Well, um, hopefully, um, you'll find a lot of what we go through very helpful then, and and so will your listeners. Great. Well, we'll just get started. We have some great questions for you, and the first question is, what are the best surfaces for the different for different disciplines? For example, what's the difference sort of between dressage and for show jumping? Okay, um, we try and keep it very simple in as much as we offer two products in the U.S. and one of them is a wax coated product which doesn't require an irrigation system, and the other is what we call a dry product which does require an irrigation system. Now. Both of them are good for a multitude of disciplines. It really comes down to um, how you maintain them. So, for instance, with the wax-coated material, you can um, finish that in such a way where jumpers get more spring for takeoff and landing, yet still get the gears in the surface and the cushion. And for dressage, we tend to fin- finish it slightly more differently where it's got more, um, fluffy is probably not the right word, but it's an easy one to comprehend, more of a fluffier finish. 
Uh, okay, and what other uh, polo? Empire... So, okay, so sorry. Polo, but, sorry, polo would be more akin uh, to jumping because they want to stick on balls. So they would want a surface that's maintained, um, almost looking as though it's absolutely flat. Does that make oh. sense? So that they can yeah. stick a ball on you. That makes sense. And the, yeah. And the jumpers tend to like it like that um, because compact is the wrong word, but it's it, it it's finished with more of a smoother top to it. Oh, interesting. Okay. And uh, what environmental factors should you consider when you're doing a, a new outdoor surface? Well, I think it's really important in these days to consider that the, the company that you're going to use and the components that they're going to be using in their products, that they are envi- environmentally sound. So what goes on the ground is safe to go on the ground and safe for horse and safe for rider. And we do spend a lot of money on R&D, research and development, along this field and we have all of our products tested and they all have um, an an environmental seal of approval so they're all approved so I think that's the most important thing the second thing is you want to know in certain areas I think people are becoming much more um, local authorities are becoming much more watchful of where surface water is draining you know is it draining um, into the ground is it draining into a nearby stream you know these are all important factors now and they are getting a lot hotter on um, ensuring that streams for instance rivers are not being contaminated but if your product that you're putting on the ground has has a seal of approval then that shouldn't happen that makes sense. So just I think this is a really a big question when you're thinking about footing, because, you know, just even tonight, uh, you know, talking to Philip, he's in Canada. I'm here in Kentucky and Glenn is in Florida. You know, what type, you know, how do you determine what surface for an outdoor arena is going to be best for your area of the country? OK, we that's a That's a really, really good question, because we uh, in, in the case of the wax coated product, we manufacture um, by discipline, by area. So, for instance, the recipe that we use in Florida would not be the recipe that we would use, for instance, in Pennsylvania, because obviously the climatic conditions are very different. And although the wax coated is extremely tolerant, when you get to those hotter climates like Florida, Texas, and in certain areas in California, um, we have to be very careful that the product has a component in it that raises the melt point. So in other words, then the wax is not going to collapse. I mean, we have products now in South Africa, Australia, um, Middle East. So the wax coated, our wax coated are proven. Um, in the case of the dry surface, that is not as climatically tolerant. That is true to say. And that, for us, it's our cloth, which is a bit of a funny word, but it's cloth, C-L-O-P-F. P is in Peter, F is in Frank. And our clot fiber mixed with a good quality sand um, in those colder areas would be exactly the same as any other dry surface. It is more susceptible to colder conditions. 
So you and just have to be a little, a, a, a little more careful and a little more watchful as to, as to where you're going to put these surfaces down. Now, do you have any surfaces that prevent the, the freezing or, or freeze at a, a colder temperature? Because, I mean, being up here in Canada, everything gets a bit frozen. Is that... Uh... Yeah, yeah. You know, um, we have a lot of our product down in, um, in what I call the, the colder northern European countries. Right. And I would... I, I really honestly don't think there's anything such as um, they term an all-weather surface. Any surface is going to freeze dependent upon the amount of water that it's holding at the time the freeze takes place. However, the wax-coated surfaces have much, much more climatic tolerance. And we have... Um, maintained in such a way where if, for instance, you had um, a small covering of snow, we advise clients not to mix that in with the surface. Leave it on the top. It's a bit like snow on your garden. You know how it sort of protects the earth underneath? Yeah, yeah, it can insulate it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It protects it. It insulates it. So if it's just a little bit of snow on the top, carry on riding. If it's a foot of snow, well, you wouldn't be riding on it anyway. But um, <laughs> yeah. they, they are, unless you had um, horse snowshoes, but they are much more climatically tolerant. Well, Philip um, is from Canada. He probably rides in all kinds of snow. <laughs> yeah. No, I just go inside. I just go indoors. <laughs> not, not, not for the faint-hearted. <laughs> right, not for the faint-hearted. That's yeah. Right. That's right. We can't do a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of dressage in the in the deep <laughs> snow, but we can walk around a bit. So let's talk a little bit about indoor versus outdoor surfaces. Can you tell us a bit about yeah. the differences there? Okay, um, indoor versus outdoor. Now, both the products that we have are suitable for indoor or for outdoor use. They're both extremely um, tolerant in both in both instances. With an indoor and with an outdoor, the one thing that we do say, and most people are very mindful of this these days, and they do do it, they do pick up their droppings, because horse droppings, horse manure, is the worst thing, A, for contaminating a dry or a wax-coated surface, and certainly in the case of the wax-coated footing, it's going to dry out the wax a lot sooner. So on an indoor, I would say that in the summertime, it's good to get airflow. It's good to get airflow, not shut all the doors um, and, and keep it stifling hot. It's good to get some airflow going through it. It's good for the footing to do that. So that's, that's one important thing, I would say, for the summer. Um, and I would also say that in terms of the mix that we would do, they're pretty, indoor or outdoor, are, are pretty similar. Um, you you may find that, and we take it by installation. So, for instance, if it's a big um, equestrian center, for instance, with a lot of horses going through the indoor, then we might put just a little bit more wax in it to cope with that high horse usage. Um, but in most instances, they're, they're pretty similar. With the fiber, the percentage of fiber that goes into the footing might differ. It may differ if you've got a, a small indoor school where you need a lot more root structure in the sand um, to aid the horses turning on, you know, fairly tight corners. 
so there are little tweaks, let's, let's put it that way, but that is by installation and the number of horses using the footing. Because I would, I would assume with footing, it's very specific for where you are and, and like you were saying, with the usage. So, you know, as a facility owner, you know, um, what is a checklist that a facility owner could go through when considering a new type of footing? Okay. Um, I would say keep it keep it in your mind as simple as possible. Work out what 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 are what's the criteria? What what are the most important points? Budget is going to be a big one. Um, so think about the budget that you have to spend. Think about how many horses are going to be using it. Think about what you want to get out of that footing. Are you prepared to water it? Uh, or are you in an area where you can't water it? If it's outdoor, don't, don't put it, uh, don't build it, don't construct it on a piece of ground that is it, it, um, fairly sloping because it's going to cost you a lot more in leveling the land uh, in terms of groundwork. The more level of spot you can find, the less expensive it's going to be to build. Don't build it in an area where you put a lot of leaf fall around you because the leaf fall, again, during the um, autumn months um, will contaminate the sur- surface if you leave the leaves on there, and that wouldn't matter whatever surface was going on. You know, that's a contamination problem. And another really important point, which I know is not directly talking about footing but wherever you construct your arena on an outdoor or an indoor for that matter ensure that you have a good approach that's clean so that when your horses go into your your footing and when your maintenance machinery goes in it's not taking debris in on it it's you're, you're going to keep it as clean as you possibly can and in terms of the footing i would say that the main thing is what what you want to get out of it the budget, can you water it, and then go and talk to people, research it. Don't make a quick decision. Find out, do your research, and then say to the company, right, okay, let me talk to people who have your, have your footing installed and talk to those clients. See what the clients think about the footing and also see what the clients think about the company. Yeah, that is so true. As somebody who built, I built an outdoor and then I built an indoor sort of on top of the outdoor a couple of years later. And yeah. all these things, it, it, it's amazing. I think in my next career, I'm going to drive a bulldozer because you may look, <laughs> I'm telling you, you may look at something and be like, oh, that looks flat. Uh, yeah, it, it may not be. It's not. There's you no know, such thing as a flat was, surface no, until you make I, it flat. Oh, and just, you know, I got, now, oh. you just hit on another point there. Um, Sorry if I interrupted you there, but another really important point is this is a whole big educational change going on here now. You know, you don't, for instance, on a refurbishment, you don't need to rip everything out to um, to refurb a, a ring if you've got a, a dome in the center, a crown, which are mm-hmm. so difficult to maintain. If you've got quite a big crossbow, you know, where you're finding surface is migrating, uh, wash off because they're, they're put on sealed faces. These days, if you had an, a ring like that, you don't have to rip the whole thing out to improve it. You can take the crown off. You can uh, level out your cross fall. You can install some drainage. You can use that as a formation layer, and then you can build a, a free draining base on top of it. But always ensure 
that you go to a reputable company. It's going to cost you more, but it's such a huge investment that it's money well spent for the long term. Yeah, I mean, I have yes. to reiterate that point because I've been around and, uh, you know, some people go to a company and then end up having to undo all of the work that they did because they didn't really know what they were doing. I've seen it quite a few times, you know, uh, companies that, that, that don't necessarily know anything about, you know, equine footing or building an, a ring, but they have a bulldozer and they go in and they, mess it up for a cheaper price, but in the end, it ends up costing you more, right? Like, that doesn't make any oh, sense. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we see it time and time and time again, as you've just said. And for me, it, it's, a, it's an industry where, and it's the same in the UK, and we have been pushing for this in the UK for, sorry, how long have I been doing this? 22 years, and Martin's been running the company over 35 Right. We've been pushing for an industry standard, you know, so that people are protected. I mean, we do stand by what we do, and we do work with approved contractors who will do it right first time, you know. Right. And so oh, often yeah. somebody will say, I've got somebody down the road, and he can do it, and it won't be a oh. problem. And you think, oh, golly, I hope so. Because oh, <laughs> yeah. No, it, it is so true. And it, it, you really do. I love the, the idea of go – to people that have rings in your area and talk to them because I yes. did that before I built mine. And, you know, there was a, there was a, an excavator in town and several people used them and he messed up several arenas. So, you know, they're like, don't use this excavator or, you know, there's certain things that you can do and, and really research and take your time because it is more of a pain to ride on it. And, you know, God forbid your horses get hurt or you have to redo it. Oh my Lord, you don't want to be doing that. It really is. Well, something. I mean, just the time involved, right? I mean, you want to ah. get the ring in, you want to ride on it, right? And yep. then yeah. maybe you waste a whole summer messing around with a problem that that could have been taken care of right away and done properly, and then you can enjoy your your arena. And, uh, yeah, and I, well, especially I, here I, because the construction yeah. you can only do it during yeah. the summer, right? You can't do anything during the winter. Right. Um, it all snows yeah. and it freezes over, so people you'll lose a year, like an entire year of riding. Yeah. Possibly in an indoor, that, you know, a very expensive indoor that you just built or, you know, all these kinds of situations. So I think, yeah. you know, get it done right. I think more people are, are realizing that the free draining base is the way to go, yeah. you know, and not to put them, you know, not to put sort of three inches of concrete screenings, you know, on a sealed base and then wonder why your horse is jarred up. You know, I right. think people mm -hmm. are really... Especially with the world opening up the way it is, you know, with riders being able to experience footing in different countries and then coming back and saying, crikey, yes, look, you know, we can do something different here and it's not going to cost an arm and a leg. Yeah. So on that so, note, yeah, yeah, I was just going to say budget. The costs, what are the costs involved? Well, the costs, the wax-coated footing that we produce is expensive. There's no two ways about it. It is expensive to install initially, but once it's in, you get what I call in inverted collars a cost holiday. And I always advise clients to do a five-year projection because by the time they've taken the cost of the wax-coated footing and then versa that against no irrigation system, um, you know, those are all important factors to take into consideration. And, and the cost of, of maintaining um, a dry surface, for instance, versus a wax surface. So although it's expensive initially to put in, you do get a cost holiday. With the cloth and sand uh, footing, um, that 
does require an irrigation system, although the clot fiber has an amazing uh, moisture retention property, which we've just experienced firsthand at Sonoma Horse Park um, during a show where they never get any rain. And we got rain on Saturday and we got oh. rain and oh, yeah. it just, it just uh, worked perfectly. So, super. you know, we were thrilled. So... That is a lot less expensive, but you do have to then put in an irrigation system, and there is a little bit more maintenance to it. So, for instance, for a dressage ring, a straightforward um, um, 197 by 66, say, you'd be looking at about 45000 for a wax-coated footing versus about 15000 for a sand and fiber ring. Now, that sand and fiber price that I've given you, that's a very um, conservative figure in terms of the sand cost because this is another key area. Although the, the clot fiber is very sand tolerant, the best sand that you can get is one that binds well when it's wet, the good silica sand. Now, those aren't cheap, and they can go anywhere in the country, anywhere from, say, $35 a ton to $80 a ton. I mean, it's that diverse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I know depending that. On where you live, depending on where yeah. you live, yeah. Yeah. So the price I've given you is a very conservative price based on, on say, $40 a ton for sand. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. To say a, um, a slightly larger ring, say, for a 200 by 100, you'd be looking at about 70000 for your wax coated versus about 23 for a sand and uh, clot fiber. So there's Hmm. quite a bit of difference. But then on top of your sand and fiber, you're going to have to put your irrigation system in. Right. And those vary hugely. Um, And then you've got a little bit more maintenance. Yeah. But both are very good. Um, Both are are approved surfaces. um, And both have been used in major competition environments as well as private and professional use at home. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for talking about footing. I think it is such a great discussion and one that will continue for every horse owner and, and, and facility owner. Glennie, how do our listeners? Yes. Sorry. Can I just, just before we go, I think there's one element that is a key element that tends to get a little bit left behind, and that's the maintenance of them. Yes. Ensure that you get a good maintenance machine and that you follow the maintenance instructions that the company gives you and thoroughly check that out with clients too. That is a really good point. Yes, that, that is part of it. You don't think about it, but you may need a new drag. And when you do the arena, you don't figure that into the price. I learned that the hard way. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and, <laughs> and you're like, we don't use drags. We, right. uh, we, we have a, a piece of machinery that is designed to groom and level, not drag. So it doesn't throw your levels out. And we also right. give our clients um, a DVD on how to maintain their ring. And then we also have a customer follow-up care service. So we go back to them periodically or they have a line. They can call us if they if they need some help, but it's a really important factor. 
It is. It is. And definitely one not to forget about because that's what you're doing, you know, however weekly, however much you need to be doing your arena. It's definitely a huge process as an arena owner. And uh, yeah, sometimes you, ha- you have to learn as you go. But um, to have someone to call is really, really helpful. Um, but, Glennie, thank you so much for your time and teaching us about footing. And this is a it, we should have you back on and talk more about it because it is such a huge part of what we all do. Glennie, how do our listeners get in touch with you if they have any questions? Well, we have a website, um, and that is um, very easy. It's www.martincollinsusa.com, and they can call me direct on my cell number, which is always with me, which is 859-321-3751. And that's a wrap. That answered every question you were afraid to ask about footing. You can find lots more tips ranging from barn care to websites for horse people at horsetipdaily.com. Just look for the topics drop-down menu on the left. And you can have all of the Horse Radio Network shows with you wherever you go with our new free app for iPhone and Android. Just go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. And don't forget to support our sponsors here on Horse Tip Daily because they really do make these podcasts possible. Today's podcast has been brought to you through the generous support of StatelineTAC.com. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily.